Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. There's no business like show business. Oh, and away we go. Hello again, and welcome to the art and business of community theater, also known as the Monroe Community Players Podcast, featuring the Green Room Groupies. I'm your de facto host, David War, and looking around the Green Room, I see Robert Yeoman. Brian Burchett Ross on base. <laughs> Ronald Roberts. Yes, and uh, as you can tell, Brian has uh, picked up a non-contagious cold um, or sinus infection. So, Bronchitis. So he's he's in a whole new register today. And, I am. And competing with our NPR voices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, we, he went right to late night radio. The, <laughs> pillow talk. Yeah, pillow, pillow talk, talk with Alan Oman. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> what was the gentle storm? I don't I think know. It was a, that's a Nipsey market, I think. Yeah, maybe. Oh, maybe yeah, Could that be. I don't know. I, I remember Uncle Uncle Alan Allman and the pillow talk. Yes. Yeah. Starlight. I was thinking now. Uh, Star old show on WJR, Night Flight. Oh, yeah. I used to hear oh, that, that I remember, but too. That wasn't yeah. romantic in any way. It was just no. quiet music through the night. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about old radio. We're here to talk about the art and business of community theater. Um, and uh, before we get to it, though, we uh, promised started last episode with uh, the first part of Brian's three-part series from his adventures in New York, and he just finally remembered that we were going to ask about it again. So, Brian, if you're up to it vocally, we'd like to hear about part two of your New York adventure, Brian on Broadway. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> um, yes, now my, the second show we went and saw was an off-Broadway show called A Man of No Importance uh, by Terrence McNally. It was a musical. Hmm. What uh, I found the, the most, uh, the best about this show was their seating and the stage. Uh, it was extremely intimate. Um, it was a almost, uh, it was, I'd say, three quarters. The stage kind of jutted out, and then uh, there was uh, seats. Um, I believe we call that a thrust stage in the business. Is that a thrust stage? Is that what that is? Yes. Okay, well, now it's I... It's not quite I, the round. <laughs> no, it's not definitely not the round. It's not theater in the square where everybody has a bad seat. <laughs> um, we did... Uh, we did um, we did see uh, Jim Parsons was supposed to be starring in that, and uh, with uh, why can I never remember her name? Uh, Jim Parsons and and he wasn't there that night. Ooh, I know I was not happy. Um, and while I'm trying to look for that name, I will just continue on here. It was a uh, uh, it was a really really good show. Uh, it was a, a story about a small theater group in uh, uh, in Ireland somewhere, and uh, the general and they put on their shows in a church, uh, and uh, the star of the show or the lead of the show um was a closeted gay man because if you know anything about terrence mcnally he's usually he's very lgbtq um with a lot of his shows and uh he uh, and so this was one of those um and uh throughout the show it's basically him and his sister played by i still can't remember it uh i'm looking for you, you continue on with your show okay uh, I, I, uh-huh. mayor winningham Thank you, Mayor Winningham. 
That's who it is. Just showed up on my phone. I Did it? Like, I tell you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, Mary Winningham was, was, and she was there. Uh, so it was him and his sister, uh, and he's hidden his, his, you know, who he is for his whole life. And it slowly comes out as they're trying to put on this, their next show, which he, uh, the, the director, the lead is, it's a show that has an LGBTQ uh, theme to it and the um, church is like no you're not putting that on here and he's fighting them and in the meantime he's trying to find himself uh, it was a good show I really enjoyed it um, I don't think uh, as LGBTQ shows go I'd say it was even in my top five but that not I don't necessarily mean also that it was bad it wasn't bad it was just it was good the music was good uh, nothing that really st- duck out um it was just under two hours uh i love the way they uh used the stage uh basically with stage chairs and a couple of tables uh which much like um far um come from away uh you know they shifted those chairs and that table for what they needed uh what they what i did like is that they not only used the thrust stage, and then, of course, um, at the back of the stage, you know, uh, they had all their costumes. You watched them do the costume changes while the other people were performing. The others were back there because they had multiple roles. And then um, above that was kind of like a balcony where the band played, but it was also where uh, a couple of the actors uh, had a couple, did a couple of their parts as well. Uh, and then... There were a few times when those actors went out into the audience uh, at the edge of the the rows of seats, and they would do like uh, there was a scene where uh, he runs the the main character runs into a a street boy, and uh, who wants to pick him up, and the street boy uh, that actor went out into the audience and stood at the top of one of those uh, you know risers and uh and you know delivered they delivered their lines back and forth that way you know kind of given that image that you know they were in a dark alley in a distance from each other sort of thing um the staging was brilliant i loved it i love an intimate theater like that because you really get to see the faces and the emotions um it was perfect for that venue uh the show was um i would i recommend it yeah, I'd recommend it. I mean, it was it's cheaper than a Broadway show. Off Broadway usually is, uh, and um, yeah, it was great. But I, I wouldn't buy the CD. So the music was kind of, and I think it was a bit dated. Okay, you know what was the name of the show again? Uh, Man of No Importance. Man of No Importance. Okay, yeah, but it was but it was good. Odd question, maybe not that odd. Makeup. So since you were sitting close to them, did you notice obvious makeup on the actors? I did not notice any makeup. This is a debate that I think we often have in players is how much makeup we should wear now that we're in the small studio theater. Yeah. Um, If there was anything, maybe, maybe some base. mm -hmm. But now I'm not one to look. I I look at lights. I look at the stage. I look at all that. And for some reason, I and I even look at costumes. Again, good makeup. uh, I say again, but, you know, good makeup, you shouldn't notice. Right. Um, Right. But but the reality is if you're makeup should accent the features and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, is it that important when you're sitting right on top of somebody versus at the big 5,000 seat theater where you're sitting in the second balcony and you can say, do they have eyes? Yes. (laughs) Right. Uh, no, I, um, I. if they had makeup, I would say it was very minimal. I mean, the the women probably, you know, wore what, you know, the mascara and whatever they normally would wear. But uh, for the most part, I didn't notice any real heavy 
No, there was no heavy makeup use. Yeah, and, and I'm just thinking of other shows where, frankly, we've all seen them where you go in and you see the show and it's like, man, it's so obvious that person's wearing makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we've seen that in many community theater shows. Um, but, but I was just curious what you saw there. Also, yeah. with the advent of 4K TVs and, excuse me, not TVs, monitors, um, you can really see makeup when you watch a movie from the 60s. Like I watched the Maverick movies, um, support your local sheriff or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was like someone put plaster of Paris flesh toned on top of Jim Gardner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, it is. That stuff is noticeable. So it sounds like they really used the entire space. Oh, they used all of it. Which is interesting because I think from in a community theater setting, we struggle with that at times mm-hmm. to where we are we are bound by that 18 by 24 or however big that space is mm-hmm. and we don't think that we can deviate from that so it's interesting oh. <clears throat> excuse me to hear that you know off-broadway shows that they and obviously probably because of the small space that they have they have to utilize it all yeah. i think that's something that that community theater could learn from yes well and our set uh this or not our set that set uh, you know the 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 place that it was in the the and and of course there will be pictures, folks, on our Facebook page. I'll be I was sending. Going to ask if you took pictures. I of did the take pictures of that space, so you'll get to see it. Including uh, there's one side. There's like brick walls around it, um, and on one side of the brick wall, across from us, on the other side of the stage, was a ladder that obviously a, a metal ladder that went up to uh, was bolted onto the bricks that went up to probably the lighting and all that. They used that. One guy jumped on there and was shouting down like he was on a train as it was going by and and the whole bit. So, I mean, they utilized as much of that entire room, as the entire theater, as they could. So it wasn't quite, a, uh, I think, what they used to call environmental theater, uh, where, where you try to create recreate the environment that they were in by, by surrounding the audience. It was more just they, they, they needed more play spaces, so they created them where they could. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and it was very creative. It did a good job. Because we, we have done, um, and I'm sure a lot of groups have done, you know, we're, you know, okay, now we're bringing in the marching band from Music Band from the back of the house and coming down the aisles. Uh, I did that in, uh, now with, we did that, I think, in music, one of our productions of Music Man, but I did that in Best Little Horrors of Texas, you know, when the Melvin P. Thorpe dancers first came out, and I had them coming through the audience. Sure. In fact, I had the chase scene with the governor through the audience as well. Yeah. Sometimes audiences really like that. Sometimes they get freaked out. Really? <laughs> yeah. Now, Cats. I remember... <laughs> I remember when we did uh, Godspell back in the 90s, yep. um, we carried uh, Jesus, John Coker, um, picked him up and carried him right through the audience. And I remember looking as we were going and people were just bawling. And it was like, okay, we got him. So, yeah, it can it can work. But I yeah, I could see, I guess, that some people would be like, okay, I don't, I don't want the well, I know a lot of people get freaked out with cats because they weren't really used to the idea of some sweaty cat person crawl over their seats um i don't think i'd want a cat person crawling on my lap either <laughs> yeah well uh, yeah some of the cat women might you know, never, no what well, not going there uh, we'll, we'll save that julie for, newmar <laughs> save that for another podcast right uh yeah uh, um good. but anyway so yeah uh second show uh man of no importance it was it was a good show it was a solid show um yeah i'd, I'd give it a b plus good Good. Yeah, yeah, and and again, a small theater. Even though it was off Broadway, mm-hmm. um, I say not even though 
even being in New York City, you know, New York City has a lot of those small theaters. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. um, don't be discouraged if your theater is, space is small. You can do great oh, yeah. things. Uh, oh, absolutely. And it really doesn't matter the size of the theater. Size isn't important. It's the it's the acting in the story. That's what I say. It's not the number of seats. It's I don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't figure out a clever way to say it. Um, it's, it's what you're doing with the stage. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Skirting that that line right. Yeah, you, yeah that was moving right along. Yes. Um, so, so what's the, on great, the agenda well, today? Well, thank boss. you. Well, um, first thing. Um, so Same thank you. Way. Thank you so much for that Broadway, um, uh, off Broadway report, and we look forward to part three in our next pod- podcast when when we find out about. Brian's death-defying experience at the theater. <laughs> what is it? Death, murder by laughter or something? No. De- oh, yeah. The, uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, how, I know what, what we would call it. I know it. what you're referring to. Um, uh, yeah, the play that goes wrong, that'll be our final. Yeah, but he, he's yes. too funny. Um, I want to give a... Speaking of Broadway, though, something I already shared with the groupies, and I'll put pictures of these up on the, the Facebook page as well, is I'm giving a shout-out to my niece, Caitlin Blanchard, again. Um, because she is a, obviously a devoted groupie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she got me what I thought was one of the most unique Christmas gifts I've gotten is um, she went online and found me playbills from original runs of Annie on Broadway. <laughs> um, two of them, because the first one wasn't old enough, so she got the second one. But she said, well, I'll give them both to, both to me because, or I'll give them both to Uncle Dave because he did daddy warbucks twice twice so so there it is and just just it's fascinating though if you have a chance if you haven't gone back through your old programs and stuff uh listeners at home hey go back through because these are just wonderful time capsules um i have to notice that each of these daddy warbucks appear to be doing all natural they have shaved their heads (laughs) um but it is just um, interesting to look at some of these ads and such going back. And this goes back, what, 1977? 77, wow. Oh, I can't even remember the year. But anyway, three. so so just just a shout-out there. Um, because and, and the other one is from Beauty and the Beast, uh, one of my favorite shows. I actually have a program already, my own, from when I saw Beauty and the Beast on Broadway before Monroe Community Players did their production, um, which I had directed. So... Um, one of my favorite shows i just loved beauty and the beast as a both the animated and uh, the live action um so thank you caitlin uh for for bringing a little bit of the groupies to our christmas tree this year so you you brought a smile to el de facto yes a smile to my face um <laughs> but it kind of leads on to the next thing because uh, we're still talking broadway and uh, what we wanted to talk about a little today and this one i give a shout out to my nephew robert uh, Blanchard, uh, because he brought this to our attention. Something that came from, I know, well, get yourselves relatives who listen to the show. And you, you can mention them on the show, too. Um, this leads us to our discussion for today, which I guess we're just calling the death of decorum. Hmm. Um, an incident happened on, on Broadway um, back on Tuesday, the t- December 27th. And this is from the article at the New York Post, which was titled The Death of Decorum. Tuesday, night on Broadway, I'm sorry, I have to start again because I don't like the way I started that. Uh, Tuesday night on Broadway, appalled audience members watched The Death of Decorum. At the play Death of a Salesman at the Hudson Theater on 44th Street, an unruly ticket buyer shouts of and erratic behavior interrupted the performance. 
forcing star Wendell Pierce of The Wire to try to reason with the heckler from the foot of the stage. He patiently and heroically pleaded with her to leave peacefully, despite her insistence that she should be carried out forcefully. She was eventually escorted out by the police, said Instagram user Ruben Booty. Spells like it sounds. <laughs> the producers said in a statement to the Post, we're grateful to the entire team at the Hudson Theater for working together to resolve the situation and resume the performance as quickly as possible. Um, if you have a chance, it was on uh, Instagram, TikTok. It was out there. Uh, clearly this woman who was very distraught, very upset, she was just starting, shouting, talking about if she couldn't see the second half of the show, nobody could see the second half of the show. Uh, Wendell... Uh, Wendell Pierce comes out and says, hey, if what's going on? Can we keep going on with the show? And basically he even went so far as to say, I will make sure you get your money back for your ticket. So we don't know what precipitated this. It sounds almost, uh, some further reports I've heard was she apparently had been doing some rustling and reaching into a bag and creating quite a bit of commotion. The ushers may have actually asked her to leave. And so then she refused to leave because you know she had paid for her ticket. And then that's what happened. And then the, so she decided if I have to leave and I can't see the second half, nobody can. Um, so it's not quite, it may not be as cut and dry as the uh, New York Post reported. But that I thought brought to us an interesting question. And we have talked in the past about, you know, what the hell is wrong with the audience and, and various things. What do you do as a community theater when you have an audience member who is causing an obvious disruption? Perhaps it's not as as outrageous as as this one, but what you do in this case, they they finally called the police to carry her away. But what what you know what what would you do if it happened in your community theater? What should you do? You know, were, was the theater right, presuming that they did tell her, "Hey, ma'am, you're going to have to be quiet." Um, you know, where, where, where do you drew that line? Yes. The Something else I want to point out on that incident, because and I can't remember if Ron shared it or you shared the video. I think Ron shared the video. No, Dave shared the video. Um, the, the video that was filmed, the people that were filming it were in the uh, mezzanine or the balcony. Now, what got, what got even more interesting, what I thought was even more interesting, is while this woman was shouting and while this actor was trying to calm her down and the police were on standby, standing there, the people and someone in the balcony lost it. Yep. And they began to shout. And then someone else in, behind, in front of them turned around and said, you need to shut up and sit down. And then those two almost, I mean, you could tell there was a, like, I really thought they were going to start coming to blows. created a lot of tension in the audience. It did. It really Sounds did. Sounds like it was so. like the Old West all over again. It, it, it had more. The tall really, girl wants to sit with this person. Yeah. It, it had a real, yeah, it did have a very Wild West sort of, okay, we're about to have a... Uh, well, a bit of a riot here. which to me almost um and perhaps we'll have to see if we can share the the video if we can still find it uh, of course we can still find it yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know Silly. maybe we share this on our page too to get 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 all your your everyone else's you gotta see yeah. this folks you just um, gotta see it but, you, you but really to me do. it's like okay so here we have a person who's obviously upset um, don't know if there's a mental, another some sort of mental health issue involved or not. Um, it's gotten to the point where the lead is coming in and talking, um, and and then these other people are getting involved. And it's like to me, it's like, well, so again, I think it speaks to the fact that nobody can just sit there and let something play out. They feel they have to add their two cents too. Mm -hmm. 
And that to me was the real danger in this situation is what you were just describing that as other people are getting more upset, I, w- I was afraid the people in the balcony were going to come to blows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they weren't doing anything wrong except sitting there watching it until one guy says, shut up, lady, or whatever. Right. Um, you know, the, the situation is becoming aggravated, and that's what brought to me. It's like, man, what do you do in this situation if you're the theater? Yeah. Well, I think that kind of goes back, the onus goes back onto the theater because they obviously either don't have a protocol in place or did not follow it because they should have stepped in sooner. Um, because, again the balcony situation never should have happened right because they should have you know uh gone on to that woman and said okay let's let's go even, That's as, why even as she loudly protests you take her out to take her out aside you do whatever get her at least to the lobby exactly that's what ushers are supposed to do right so my I, interpretation so i think that that's where you start at with your own group is you need to have same thing with emergency preparedness you have to have those plans in place and hope you never have to use them yeah but you do need to have those and you need to, to cut it off at the pass before it, it escalates because who knows what if somebody in the balcony started throwing things what if they threw them off the balcony? Exactly. Yeah. You know, you, you're talking major mm-hmm. injuries, possible death, and then, you know, safety issues for not only the, the other patrons, but the actors as well. Mm-hmm. So you've, that's where you've got to de-escalate those situations as quickly as possible, and that's where you need to have those plans. Well, and is that something where do we expect, you know, because let's face it, with the ushers, especially in our community theaters, we're talking about volunteers. Right. Do we expect them to have some basic de-escalation training? Do we expect them to do this? Because I can see a volunteer very easily saying, I'm not going up to her. I don't know what she's going to do. Right. She might get violent on me. She might have a gun in that purse. Exactly. Um, you know, what are we going to do? You know, I'm, I'm not going to touch that, which is, again, probably why the police ended up being called. And this, again, was a professional theater, mm-hmm. but I do know the professional theater also used volunteer ushers. Right. Oh, yes, they do. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the house manager should have had some sort of protocol, as you said. Well, and the police stood there for a long time. But, again, their goal is to de-escalate, too. It is. Okay, and uh, just to play devil's advocate, which I know you normally do, <laughs> but uh, as a police officer in today's day and age, is your first instinct now to jump in? Mm-mm. When no. there's cell phones and there's cameras, and the minute mm-hmm. if exactly. I go and try to say, excuse me, sir, you know, we need to, to stop this, all of a sudden, there's 17 cameras on you, and this guy says, ow. You know, and, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to um, you know, make light of any situation. No, no. But I think that that's another thing we have to think about is that's not there. They're just there to, to make sure nothing else happens. That should fall on the, on the theater's uh, roles. Yeah. You know, um, I, a previous job I had, <clears throat> I spent a summer as a customer service um, uh, in associate, I guess is the word you would say, at Comerica Park. And I worked in the guest service office. And we were the first line of defense. It wasn't security. It wasn't the police. We were the ones that had to go into the the stands if something was an issue or whatever. Really? (laughs) And there was no training. So if we had an unruly, if somebody was drinking too much or if things were getting belligerent, we had to go in and try and de-escalate. And then we would contact our level of security. Then they would come in. And then if that didn't work, then the Detroit the police department would come in. But yeah, there really wasn't. It was like here's here's your signs of of overserving or, or the, the bigger issue for us was alcohol abuse. So if you had somebody drunk that was being belligerent, this is what you had to look for. But there were no tools of like how do you talk to this person? Yeah. And we're talking about a, a multi billion dollar organization that was you were making minimum wage to do that. Wow. Yeah. So 
Yeah, because it was to me when I watched the video, it's like said, man, you know, they're for, for the grace of God. That could have been any mm-hmm. any any of our theaters. Yep. Sure, sure. Um, um, I would almost argue that the one thing that shouldn't have happened, and, and nothing against Mr. Pierce, I don't think I think he should have been back in the dressing room and keep. Unfortunately, stayed out of it. Yeah. Yep. Um, because the actors again, it's like their job is to do the performance. Right. Um, and uh, you know the house should manage it. Now, what was happening in this case is I'm presuming um, the house wasn't managing, and he just said, "What the heck is going on? Why aren't we underway?" Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know I I I almost think getting attention from the actors, especially case this case, you know we have a relatively famous individual, mm-hmm. that might be just feeding into the whole thing and causing the woman. It's like oh I'm getting attention now. Right. Yeah, and everybody just get their cameras out on me now, just like a toddler. Oh, if I can't get attention by being good, I'll get attention by being bad. You know, it's mm-hmm. a basic instinct. Almost. And the video has been shared; people have seen that. You know, somebody else is going to try it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there was a, a video; I forget when it was. Uh, it was a Hamilton performance, and at curtain call, uh, there was an, a gentleman who was in the front row. As the cast came out to to take their bows, he stood up and had a Trump flag. Oh, really? And put it in front of the cast. And a couple of the actors grabbed it and threw it away. And then they came in and they, they grabbed the guy and they kind of stopped it from there. But again, I mean, so these kind of things, I think that was handled obviously much better. It's a completely different situation. But Well, but again, he's, he's what's he doing? He's drawing attention to himself. Well, he's drawing attention to himself. He was there clearly. He knew he would agitate yes. that, that cast. Yes. Chances were good that that cast on stage was not going to agree with him and exactly. Trump. Sure. Um, but that, it was a curtain call too, so it's like, well, I've got my money. I've already seen the show. Yeah, he saw the yeah. show. <laughs> Make sure to see the show. Now first. I can yeah. do it. Yeah, now <laughs> I can try and disrupt it. Yeah, I'm a brave man. And that maybe that brings us to maybe that brings us to one of the main issues in in this entire country. Not that we're going to sit here and solve any issues of what's going on in this country, but we have politicized everything <sighs> to the point that it's dangerous. To express yourself, and and when you're doing theater, where where you can you know, and that is what theater does is it it gives you different views of of the world. Uh, you know, you're opening yourself up for people who 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 might not agree with you in a very you know uh, loud way, mm-hmm. if nothing else. Now, I remember last year when we, and this is of course very on a much smaller scale. Um, but um anyway uh we sorry i was adjusting my microphone i, I, I wanted to say Apparently that was distracting i wanted i wanted to say i wanted to make a joke about don't play with it but um anyway the uh even good to bump for that i know it was well, listen i'm on cold medicine okay yeah um Anyway, so uh, last year when we did uh, at, at this time when we were doing Twilight of the Golds, there were there was a person who said to me, "If this person shows up, I'm not sure what might happen because we had themes that a certain person wasn't going to agree with, and the the other person was con- a little bit on the more concerned side and said." You know, I, I, you know, I kind of want this person to see me in this show, but I'm really a little nervous because they're very opinionated about and their views are very different from what these views of, of 
you know, Twilight of the Golds was. So I remember I was sitting there watching to see, you know, is, is, is something going to happen? Am I going to have to? And it didn't, which, which, and I didn't truly think it would. But again, you never know. And because this country has become so, everything is so politicized and everybody has to constantly give their opinions because apparently everybody's opinion matters, not just people in who have podcasts, but, um, uh, the I like <laughs> crazy. Is it? it works. Thank you. Okay, good. I got, I got a decent one there. Uh, it, it, it's, it's made for a whole, it's made for a very scary, intense time in theater and in this country. Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, I think it's, and Bob, I'll give a shout out to your sister who shared this on Facebook. It's similar to, you know, it was something effective, you know, if you're studying, if you only read history that makes you feel happy and good, and it doesn't bother you or disturb you from time to time, you're not studying history. Well, I think it's the same thing with theater. If you're only watching plays that make you feel happy and good, you're not really watching theater. You know, I, I maintain, you know, as a pseudo-playwright, that if my play isn't making you think in some manner, and it may be contrary to whatever you've thought before, then I have failed in my storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, we're really not about, oh, rainbows and unicorns, and, and here we go, and the Care Bears are coming. Well, not the Care Bears, because those are cop- copyrighted yeah, no. trademark materials. Anyway, uh, <laughs> by those characters of Cleveland, shout out to you guys. And your, <laughs> love, your, love your cards. I love them. <laughs> Keep them coming. Um, but the uh, sponsorship opportunities available for this podcast. <laughs> I've been known as Huggy Bear, but anyways. <laughs> but, but that's the whole oh. thing, is the... Uh, of uh, the, you know, you, you should tell something more than just, oh, grandma went to the woods and picked some flowers and it was a nice day and she came home and had dinner and and then her grandchildren visited her and what a wonderful day. Eh. You know, we don't want to see a wonderful day all the time. I mean, it's good to have to feel good at the mm-hmm. end. But, you know, that journey along the way probably should should make you think about other things. It's like, oh, maybe I maybe I'm not thinking right about that. When I first saw the video, I was concerned because I thought that it could have been a racially motivated situation because that particular production of Death of a Salesman is the first one that they've done with an African-American cast. (laughs) So that was my first concern. So when I read that it wasn't necessarily that, I was actually took a big, deep breath of sigh of relief that it wasn't. So I'm like, oh, good. So it's just a regular crazy person. (laughs) No no offense. What do you mean by that? Well, regular. But but that really was a concern because I I remember when... Willie Loman and Death of a Sales was probably my, my bucket list, one of my favorite shows of all time. Bob was Willie was one of the best performances I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, thank you. So I do, a, I do a lot of research. When I read that they were doing that, I was interested. I'm like, okay, this is, you know. But then I started to read a little more, which you shouldn't do on the internet, but you do read. Yeah. And you saw the backlash, and it's like, <sighs> yeah, you know, it, it's an American story. And it really shouldn't matter what the characters look like. It's the story they're telling. Exactly. So then, when I saw that video, I'm like, "Oh, here we go! It, it's happening!" But luckily, it wasn't that. So yeah, and and frankly, it, it is a universal, like you say, it is, mm-hmm. that's a salesman's a universal story. <laughs> White, black, it, you know, any, doesn't matter. Any, any, it doesn't salesman, matter. a race, salesman's farm. a salesman. Um, it just, it's just not a. I honestly, yeah. when I first saw Col- it, I, the I, color of Willie should should have nothing right. to do with it. I honestly, the first time I saw the video, I honestly thought it was an ex-wife who was, I, I did, my first oh. thought was, is this an ex-wife who's just 
Yeah. Tara well, Wimble. like I say, if if she had been asked to leave earlier, that to me explains the motivation a little more. Sure. Yeah. Like she, if she was actually in the process of being kicked out. Yeah. And then, so in which case, you know, and it's easy, just like you know, quarterback. What is it? The armchair quarterback mm-hmm. that after the the play goes badly. Right. Um, it's easy to sit here and say what they should have done, but um, but you know, if they had maybe handled it better at the front end, it wouldn't have gotten to that point. And also, nobody got hurt. That we know of. To our knowledge. So that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, probably not until they stepped back out onto the streets of New York. And, and then the knows? police department pummeled them. <laughs> no, I don't. I wasn't suggesting that. I was Aww. I was just suggesting New York City, you know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? Oh, don't attack my city. Oh, come on. There's uh, another. I don't. Used to I don't, Saturday Night Live used to call it the most dangerous city in the world or America. Or well, yeah, that was in the 70s. Yeah, they've cleaned it up now. Oh, well, they did for a while, yeah. Well, yeah. Disney was there now. <laughs> now Disney cleaned up a lot of it, yeah. yeah. Thank you, but, Disney. But, but, you know, but back every, to your and, and every big city has its problems. Oh, absolutely. Every little city has it. Every little town has its problems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, hold on. Um, I say, the, the marijuana smoke is just I know, overwhelming in the city. But anyways, <laughs> but we're in the city, so it's not allowed. It's, it's, that's, right, that's right. We were in the township. It'd be a completely different story. And that ends my political rant. That was my view and my view only. It does not express the views of the community players or the rest of the Green Room groupies or impact. Thank you. Yes. But back to your original question. <laughs> well, and it makes no sense to our listeners out. Well, I know. They're all like, what? Indiana, what California. And it's like, what? What are they talking about? Um, well, in California, they understand. Yeah, well, California is like <laughs> groovy. California, uh, just don't care. <laughs> uh, but back to your original question. Yeah, what do we do if something like that happens? Because, but I guess how much theater do we do that that would that that would happen well i guess it doesn't matter i mean we don't know what caused well that's true too so there's no indication that the show caused this well yeah you're right you're right this this was about something else it could have been an unstable woman it could have been a woman that was just really obnoxiously drunk yep we don't know Um, yeah you know uh or it could have been just another self-entitled woman who just you know and not that all women i meant another self-entitled human being um, just, who just happened to be a woman this right. time. You know what? I'm going to take some more medicine. You guys talk. <laughs> just talk uh, amongst yourselves. I, I guess the first thing would be to try and clear the stage, get the actors right. out, and then, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, look, I'm trying to think of the space that we're in right now right? and how that would work. Well, and I, and I think I've, you've got to be somewhat concerned about the safety of your actors. Yeah. Uh, somewhat you should always be concerned about the safety of your actors. well i know there are dime a dozen i was about to somebody told me there are a dime first a dozen. thing to do is to make sure that all the stage crew are safely behind in the panic room <laughs> get that stage manager <laughs> the props people you know make sure they're safe um then worry about the actors but the um here's my question if is are the actors more important to keep safe than the rest of the uh of the um but the show's producers yes <laughs> no not the producers they've done their job no no, um, no i'm saying but the stars are what they banked on well i'm talking community theater community theater is different you're absolutely right and i retract my statement but but well i i know what you're saying and you're right but in a community theater my question is are the actors really at that point more 
considered should be more con- considered more important than the other audience members because yeah. there's a danger to I, those other audience members too. Right. I would think, but I think you remove the actors from the situation to help defuse the situation once it's clear that things aren't going to go on until the, this other safety issue is re- addressed with. Mm-hmm. Because you know, if they had gone on and tried to continue on with the performance, that's no good for anybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, because at some point, presumably, um, the person causing the disturbance will get tired of it and just move on. Hopefully. Uh, but again, not knowing the mental health and everything that's going on, you don't know that for sure. Right. Um, right. But but that's to me is the only reason it's like stop. And then again, from what I understand of this, um, basically they started Act Two over again and went on without a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's similar to when a fire alarm happens to go off in the middle of the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to clear the stage, do what you need to do. And yeah, do should they have even evacuated the audience? I don't know. Yeah. That audience wasn't going anywhere. They were yeah. sitting there <laughs> laughing. I mean, good, yeah, hard belly them. laughs. Well, that's the thing, because, again, some of the audience got upset. You know, they all paid hundreds of dollars to see this thing. Sure. Um, I, You know, on one hand, you could look at it and say, well, this is an experience I never expected to get. On the other hand, it's like, I paid good money for this. And I, I want my I, money I, back. I want to see it. Yeah. Um, and one person can disrupt it, but we do. We have always lived in a society where one person can disrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I mean... I, I can't think off the top of my head, but I've been in other places where, you know, people have had these outbursts of some kind mm-hmm. um, and had to be, well, football games, mm-hmm. yep. um, you know, they have to be removed. Well, I've been at nice restaurants where a couple have gotten into such a fight that they were throwing their food at each other. And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it really, I mean, you know, I guess it's kind of humorous, but at the same time, when you're going out for a nice dinner, to, for a nice quiet dinner with someone... You don't want to be aggravated by that, and you do. Your blood pressure goes up, and you get this sort of... And your server's attention is drawn away. You don't get service. They don't get service. Exactly. But But I know in in those situations, and I get more annoyed with the other people who feel they have to add their two cents. Oh, Oh, yes. And it's like, just shut up. Don't give them the attention they want. Let the staff handle it, and we can move on. Yes. You you never know how other people are going to respond. So the less people that you have involved in the situation, I think back to all my years in retail. Anytime you had a customer complaint, you always told the other employees, just go away, I'll handle this. Mm-hmm. Nope, here comes Susie. Dip, 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 dip. You know, you're, you're not helping. Because what you're doing is you're feeding into what this, you know, they may be right. Uh-huh. And eventually I will agree with that. But I need to get these points across. And so the less people involved, so that's why, you know, if you get the actors out, you will remove them from the situation. It allows a few people to try to, to defuse things because you never know if somebody might try and play hero ball and make a move mm-hmm. and try to do something and that could set somebody else off and then you become an entirely, completely different situation that you didn't Much even Much worse. Have. Right. Yeah, exactly. So. Okay, yeah. well, we solved the world's problem on that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not Next, sure we have. World um, hunger. But that's a... <laughs> I got but, a but little bit of my uh, shake left. That I think is the kind of thing that I will share. You know, actually, it's just once again kind of going into things that you may never have thought you need to prepare for. That maybe yeah. you no, better yeah, spend a definitely. little time to be prepared for. Yeah. Um, you know, we spend time saying, "What do we do in a fire? What do we do if there's a medical emergency?" But it's like, what do you do if you just got somebody who's downright wacko? And I would say it's even. Probably even scarier on a community theater level, because at least 
uh, at least the theaters I was, I've been in New York, they pretty much check you, they check bags and they do all that before they, you know, a lot of them have metal detectors and all that as well. Mm-hmm. A community theater, you don't know what a person's yeah. carrying in their, right. their purse. They'd be proud their, to show you. Yeah, well, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, but yes, they would. Yeah, but you're right. I go to the professional theater there. You're going through a couple levels of security. Yeah. But on a yeah. community basis, you could anybody can just which, walk which in. again isn't that a shame? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what theater was like in the '30s, '40s, '50s of the 2000s or of the 1900s, but the uh, but I gotta imagine nobody was uh, being frisked at the door. No, but if Monroe Players wants to start that policy, I'll be very happy to. Um, Find someone. I was going to say, you be careful what you wish for there. But. I know. I, <laughs> careful I started, what you I started wish to the thought. I thought Five it was going to be a smart later. Like, and I was like, ma'am, no, just move on. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, no, that's okay. So, just go. Yeah. We trust you. <laughs> but but yeah, it's this, shift. yeah, it's, but uh, yeah, it's it is scary. And what uh, yeah, the question is, what do you do? So, do we have any answers? No. But but I think it's like, I don't know. And, and now now if you were to let me ask you this, some if, sort of de-escalation. But you know I've been to lots of conferences for the community theater. I don't think we ever talk about de-escalation. So maybe that's something we pass along to our our friends at the the State Community Theater Association. That's a, you know, good idea. Just a group question. What do you do? Yeah, I mean, what would you do? Let's say you're let's say you're directing a show. No, let's go to Ron. Oh, okay. Because Ron's directing the next show. Yeah. Uh, so let's say we're in the middle of uh, your show and somebody just starts screaming out. <laughs> let's say Bob's. There. Let's say Bob's <laughs> screaming out stuff like that. It's old uh, man Fletcher. <laughs> yes, old man. <laughs> I remember when. I love the dress. But anyway. Um, it's Couturier. <laughs> Those are references, by the way, to A Bench in the Sun by Ron Clark, Ooh. which happens to be the production that we are doing right now. Yeah, we're in the middle of looking at it. it. It'll probably be open about the time that this Right pod, before the, the week. podcast opens well, up. Five days, four days before. Yes. yes. Oh. Uh, so get your tickets, folks. Monroeclearplayers.org. <laughs> um, but anyway, I mean, what, 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 what would be your first reaction? reaction i know you know i I, well because i'm thinking about the show you know i i guess i can't imagine what would set some but you don't know what set would set somebody off and and like dave said it might not even be the show (laughs) right it could be something else i guess at that point you know you go up to the person and i I know right say at least you know it won't be an (laughs) (laughs) ex-wife well oh Right. Gotcha. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, I got thrown for a minute. I guess go up to the person and see if there's anything that you can do. Hopefully, gosh, that, this it's, is a really tough scenario. Because it is a tough My scenario. first instinct, honestly, is to tell the actors to stop. Sure. Because, A, it could be a medical emergency. So yes. we don't, So we don't know. So it could be that. I guess you want to assess the situation, but I think... It, you would have to stop, but I wouldn't necessarily want the actors to get involved. I would suggest turning on the lights. Well, that that could be. Yeah. It, it appears on the video that they, that's what the house did in this case. That <laughs> nobody seemed to be sitting in the dark anymore. Right. Um, which, which again, of course, turning on the lights is usually an indication. Shows pause, shows intermission, shows mm-hmm. over. Well, everybody who is not making a scene, please stay. <laughs> <laughs> Just point point to the exit sign. <laughs> That's it. There you go. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I <laughs> everybody not making a scene. Can you stay, please? The rest of you, could you leave? <laughs> I uh, good one, Bob. Thank you for your input. We will take that under advisement. Why don't you come along with me, man? The Muppets are right over here. <laughs> for you, the show is over. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's yeah. That is a really tough. I guess that the first thing would be to turn the lights on, like Bob said, because then that should signal to people that hey. This is not part of the entertainment for the evening. Right. This was not part of the script. So now we're going to take care of this. Um, well, and, and I'm not sure, but, you know, the woman talks about, you know, the, in this case, the uh, actor had offered her money back and everything. So I wonder if she was also being told at the same time, you have to leave and know there won't be a refund. You know, was it as simple as, okay, man, we'll give you your money back. Get out of here. Right. We don't know, but but we don't just know. Don't and, know. And, we, and this is all right. This is all conjecture. Now I don't blame if that is the case. If she was making that much of a racket to annoy that many people, and they walked up and said, "You have to leave," no, you can't get your money back. I understand their thought process because it's like we didn't do anything to cause this. You did. You're not getting your money back. However, then if it escalated from there, then yeah, what else are you going to do? Except but, well, for the other 400 people in that audience, yeah. If you step out into the to do the back alley, I will give you your money back. But you have our, our to good leave friend, Fat now. Tony here would like to see you. <laughs> Just get him away from the other. Am I right? <laughs> forget about it. Forget about it. Oh, forget about it. I I do think though that it is. This is one of those things that you don't think about. No. Just no. like when you know episode seven, I think it was when we did emergency preparedness. Yeah, it's just something you want to talk about. You should have an idea, but I don't even think you can put 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 it down on paper and say these are the steps you need to take. No, I mean I, I think it's very difficult. Yeah, and and so folks, if someone has something out there, please, please yeah. let us know. Um, go to our Facebook page and make a comment on this. Uh, send us an email. Um, which, by the way, we have a new email address. Oh, we do. Wasn't, wasn't that a smooth transition? That was sweet. <laughs> that was yeah, well, the fact, though. Um, yes, um, because of the the popular influx of emails that we've been getting, um, boxes just, are overflowing, folks. <laughs> overflowing, but unfortunately, it's just like, unfortunately, just not with your comments and questions. <laughs> Is it an insurance <laughs> offer? It's, it's usually somebody who's well, found a great deal of money and they need my social security number to help to transfer well, something. A lot of Nigerian princes out there, I tell you. Um, please, somebody talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> please. But but our, our, we do have a new email address um, for those who have been listening. Uh, I'm not even going to say the other one, but because you know it's still out there. But we want you to start going to MCP Podcast. Oh, one much word. better. It's MCP Podcast at MonroeCommunityPlayers.org, um, and that's where everything for this podcast will be going now. Um, so MCP Podcast at MonroeCommunityPlayers.org is our new email address to contact us, and of course, we still have the Facebook page as well. Um, but I am looking at the clock, and since I've started giving out that in ending information, um, I thank everybody again for the wonderful conversation. And thank you all for listening in, as we do appreciate each and every one of you. As I like to say, we love you, um, because, you know, Allegedly, that makes you want to listen to us more. 
but I suppose I shouldn't really tell you the trick if I'm going to use the trick, but you know, I'm not a magician. Um, if you like this podcast, please like us, rate us, whatever you can on um, Apple podcast, uh, Spotify, I don't think really lets you rate it so well. Uh, but, but you'll do whatever, follow us, um, have your friends help listen, you know, wherever you listen to us, help spread the word that we are here. Um, and again, uh, check out our uh, Monero Community Players on our Facebook page and our website at MoneroCommunityPlayers.org and again more groupies fun that we're trying to actually add more things to our MCP podcast page on Facebook email us your comments and thoughts about this or any other episode at our new email address as I just said MCP podcast and that's MCP as in Monroe Community Players podcast at MoneroCommunityPlayers.org be sure to let us know if it's okay to read your email on the podcast because we will certainly give you a shout out probably in any event uh, the Art and Business of Community Theater has been a production of the Monroe Community Players and was recorded high atop the Benish Building at the Monroe Public Access Cable Television Podcast Studio in beautiful downtown Monroe, Michigan. And once again, for the love of theater, we are the Groupies, and we look forward to seeing you in the green room. Well, goodbye. And don't think it hasn't been a little slice of heaven.